Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I am your host, Zach Winnick, joined in the studio by Nolan Gerlach. We are recording remotely today, and Mm. uh, that is because, you know, I'm not feeling great. I'm sitting in my room, feeling a little pickle in my throat. So me Mm. and Nolan thought, you know, it'd probably be best to record virtually today. Um, But fear not, we we are still here to talk about finally, finally a win from the Sac Republic and uh, a new exciting signing that the that yeah. the club made as well. Um, but before we get into that, Nolan, how are you doing today? Zach, I'm doing great. Uh, just to catch the the diligent listener up on, um, you know, how my truck is doing since we, ah, we yes, uh, yes, yes. broke down at the last home game. Uh, as I said on the last show, we got the brakes working. I think I said that on the last show. Anyway, my brakes are back yes, and working, yes, but for like a week, I could not get my brake lights to work now. And it was so frustrating because I had to like mess with one of the switches that like turns on the brake light. Um, but like for a week at night, I was like Googling videos and like reading message boards and just trying to figure out how to freaking fix this problem. And this weekend, I finally fixed it. My brake lights work. Nice. I'm not a liability on the road anymore. <laughs> uh, and to pay it back, to pay it forward, I made my first YouTube video on how to fix the problem I was encountering. So if you are uh, dying to watch the highest quality YouTube video, go 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 search my channel, Nolan okay. Gerlach, and watch my one video. Um, anyway, that's that's how I'm doing. I'm I'm happy. Like that genuinely was it was such a, an annoying stress to be going through. Uh, so I'm happy to have it resolved. Anyway, I'm proud of you. All that all that to say, <laughs> I'm doing well, Zach. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm ready to dive into some soccer. Um, yeah, and get into this news here. Uh, we got some for, news. First up in the news is the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup is going on right now. <laughs> U.S. men's national team uh, swept their pool play and uh, took the number one seed for the knockout round. Uh, Mexico also, surprise, surprise, took the number one spot in theirs. Um, and we're still waiting on uh, the last games for groups C and D to finalize the knockout stage. But so far, um, El Salvador and Mexico have made it in, and the USA and Canada have made it in. Um, the knockout games will start July 24th and 25th. In all likelihood, August 1st, which will be the championship game, will be USA versus Mexico. Um, you know, it's... It could be, you know, uh, to a fan such as Nolan, you know, mm. could be a mm-hmm. little bit uh, monotonous, you know, a little bit kind of uh, repetitive, shall mm. we say, in uh, a predictable maybe. Um, but there have been some cool storylines during the, the USA's group play. It's, it's pretty clear Daryl DK is a solid um, striker uh, with exciting potential. And yeah. Buzio is uh, is a midfielder uh, that plays for Kansas City. He has been really good. Uh, kind of a question mark behind Tyler Adams is like is kind of glaring. Like who is the backup for Tyler Adams? Who's kind of going to play for the U.S. Men's National Team when Tyler Adams isn't able to? 
Um, and Buzio seems to be maybe maybe the answer there to be kind of his backup. So that's been exciting, kind of a cool storyline. Um, yeah. Within the the kind of you know B squad Gold Cup uh, that we see. Um, so yeah, some interesting things there. Um, but the Olympics, Nolan, are also coming up. What's what's going on there? Yeah, the Olympics are coming up. Uh, real quick on the the Gold Cup, oh, yeah, I just ahead. checked two things just that stuck out to me. I checked to see if uh, Juan Barajona was playing for El Salvador. He's not. Mm. Um, or at least he wasn't in the 18 for any of the games. And then uh, we kind of were crapping on Martinique, the uh, the team in, in the United States' group. Yes. Um, but I don't think they took any points from the group. No, zero. But they uh, scored a goal against the U.S. in a 6-1 uh-huh. thriller. And then they took Haiti uh, kind of down down to the wire and if you remember like haiti drew one nil with the u.s and then yep um yeah it looks like this game between martinique and haiti was was quite a thriller for the uh you know just the average soccer fan so go check that out there's some red cards some goals some come comebacks from behind so and that's not all it's interesting about it's interesting about martinique so martinique is not a fifa sanctioned um uh club or, uh, really? Like national team? National team. They're not yeah. recognized that way. So the Gold Cup is actually the biggest tournament that they play in. Interesting. I don't, so that I is their you. World Cup. Wow. I couldn't tell you where they are on a map, but I'm Me sure either. it meant a lot of a lot to the people that that live in Martinique. So yep. You know, well played. You you guys were fun to watch. Um, but yes, Zach, as you said, the Olympics is coming up. The U.S. Women's National Team will be representing this great nation uh, in Tokyo. Tokyo. Yes, sir. Um, And their first game in group play kicks off this Wednesday, July 21st, against Sweden. Very exciting game. Highly uh, highly publicized, highly touted as, you know, this great matchup um, because Sweden yeah. knocked U.S. women out of the tournament, the Olympic tournament in 2016. So this should be fun, even Definitely. though... Yeah. Um, and yeah, with that, uh, Zach, that's all I got on the, on the, Olympics. The, uh, the Olympics. Sorry. I no, you're good. Had, had a weird buzz. Thank you. Uh, you <laughs> have good. some news. Yeah. You no, have some further news. Yeah. I'm excited about the Olympics. Um, but to kind of return to the USL in our news today, um, the power rankings came out for the USL teams before that's a kind of drops on like usually monday so Hmm. last week's power rankings had sack at 27th out of 31st Hmm. or yeah 27th out out of 31 teams um they have dropped all the way down to there uh you know it's probably because they listened to our uh our episode last week uh club in crisis question mark and they decided you know 27th was where sack should be um, it was a humbling pill to swallow, um, and you know, thank God we were able to get a win out of Vegas. But yeah, it's it's just another reality check of where the club is. So um, yeah. hopefully we can kind of climb that table, um, kind of climb Zach, that list. But yeah, go ahead. You've been tracking the USL power rankings since I think the beginning of the season. Do you remember where Sacramento was before the first games of the season were played? Um, I, I'm pretty sure they were high, weren't they? I, I really want to say high. top ten towards yeah. the the back. Uh, you know, the last couple teams. I, yeah, in the top ten. I'm pretty sure they were top ten. 
Yeah, so that's quite the drop. It's and that kind of just shows drop. you. Yeah, I mean, that just shows you. We're not the only crazy ones, like, saying this is a bad season for the Republic. Like, USL analysts looked at Sacramento and looked at the players that they had on their team and said, this is a top 10 team yeah. in the USL championship. And they just haven't uh, met up to that. Yeah. expectations um, yeah we'll get we'll get into you know whether this has been a turning point for the republic whether this was just you know a lucky game on the bounce uh further into the show uh but before we do that i've, I've got to bring you the uh you know the usl pacific division roundup uh so i'm just gonna again pull say say this without looking at the table phoenix is in first uh, especially with Orange County dropping points as of late. Orange County, though, is in second. They now trail Phoenix by five points, with Phoenix still having a game in hand. The San Diego Loyal are comfortably sitting in third with 21 points, tied with Orange County, uh, but only goal difference separating the two teams. Then Las Vegas Lights, whom Sacramento has just beat, um, not at the weekend, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. yep. On Wednesday. They just beat them on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still sitting in fourth. Tacoma are in fifth. The Galaxy, two in sixth. The Republic in seventh. And the Roots are in eighth and last. But I will note, uh, if you look at the points spread, like Sacramento's in seventh with 12 points, but Las Vegas are in fourth with 13 points. And Sacramento has a game in hand against Las Vegas. So, like, you know, one All win. hope is not lost. Yeah, one win, even a draw for the Republic against Orange County on Saturday bumps them above the lights. Yep. Um, and so and into the playoffs spot. So they're still within striking distance of the playoffs. All is not lost, but um, you know, results are going to continue to have to come for the Republic to stay in this playoff contention race. Um, yes. that is the division. Zach, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I. I think, um, well, yeah, again, it's, again, not all hope is lost. And um, that is the thoughts of the club. And, you know, as we get through kind of a third of the season, you ask yourself, okay, are we going to be a team that's going to try and pick up the pieces and try and put together a playoff run? Or are we going to sit back? Are we going to look ahead to next year? Are we going to maybe sell some players, let some players go? Um, that's the question mark. And this week that was kind of answered in the fact that we brought in, um, Jerome Kiesewetter, who is a attacker. He's a striker, um, who has had significant success in the USL. Um, and so we'll, we're going to get into that kind of towards the end of the episode. Um, but that's to kind of wrap up the news. That was kind of a big signing, uh, this week was Jerome Kiesewetter comes in. And yeah. it is, it is, he is brought in to climb that table, um, to, to score goals and to, um, make a run at the playoffs. You know, the, the club is not sitting back. They are making moves. Um, but what those moves mean, the significance of them, um, the significance of Jerome Kiesewetter as a player and in this roster, we'll get into that in more details at the end of this episode. But for now, that's the signing. That is the news. Um, Nolan, are you ready to get into this this game review? Let's get into it. We've we've referenced uh, something that that happened on Wednesday, which you know Sacramento fans have not been used to yeah. experiencing in a while. A win, a win a against w. the Las Vegas Lights. Three uh, points. In, 
Yeah, three points. Wow. This is a, you know, this is great. Uh, yeah, so Sacramento went to Las Vegas on last Wednesday. The date is escaping me, but it also doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and scored two points, two goals within 35 minutes to basically see the game out. Um, and, you know, before we get into breaking it apart and, you know, analyzing the goals and the players and the squad, uh, I mean, it's just significant to note that this is huge. This has to be such a relief for the Republic players and, you know, management um, because they were just not winning games. They weren't getting results in that, um, you know, this hopefully signals, you know, a shift and it allows everyone to pick their head up and, um, you know, show a little bit more of what they showed against Las Vegas last Wednesday. So, Zach, let's get into it. Let's 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 run through the lineup real quick. Okay, um, I got it up right here in front of me. Perfect. So, take it take it away, Tomas Gomez. Yes, Tomas Gomez Gold. in net. Uh, fullbacks were Duke Lacroix and Jordan McCrary. Our uh-huh. center backs were Hayden Sargis and Dan Casey. Uh, if you know, if you remember back to game previously uh kibun gucci had gotten a red card that was rescinded um he oh yeah was, that was news too he was on the bench for this game um so but we did go with four in the back with duke lacroix jordan mccrary hayden sargis and dan casey um in midfield was uh luis felipe and pete penanen and Mario Panegos gets another start, correct? Another start. I'm pretty sure he had it. Yeah. It was no, his yeah, he... second start. Yeah, against the Roots. Um, so that is your midfield. And then up top, you had Derek Formella and Tucker Bone on the wings and Cameron Awasa up top. So that is your lineup, as Nolan said, a 2 1 win. Um, Nolan, some big goals from, from Tucker Bone in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, the first one. It happened within you know five minutes of kickoff so let's get into that yeah uh I'll, I'll walk us back through where this goal um came out of so sacramento uh won a throw-in uh near the uh the corner flag of you know the las vegas side of the pitch uh, jordan mccrary takes picks up the ball to um to throw the ball in and the Las Vegas players are defending near the ball. So they're covering... So, you know, they're defending it slightly differently than they would be a corner kick. Like, a corner kick, there would be players taking far posts, near posts. Like, like um, you know, they'd be anticipating a ball being whipped in right in front of the face of the goal. And so they'd, they'd have players more, you know, uh, set up to kick the ball out and, and to defend the corner. The free kick kind of caught them and seemed to catch them in two minds, and they they defended it like they would a free kick closer to, you know, the half the halfway space, and so they were defending near near the ball, which left Cameron Awasa and um and <laughs> Tucker Bone relatively unmarked at the far post, and then Jordan McCrary, like I've not really seen his his long throw in capability um, before. But man, he just launched this thing and it yeah. fell. It just kind of went over the heads of everybody uh, that was defending near the ball. And it just fell to the feet of Cameron Awasa. I think Cam had one guy on his back, kind of like shrugged him off and held him away with one arm. And then like took like three or four touches. It was three touches of the ball before laying it off to Tucker Bone. 
and Tucker Bone hit it cleanly and put it in the back of the net. And Sacramento was up one nil within five minutes. Um, but Zach, we were talking before recording, like this was a great long ball throw in. This was a great, you know, well-taken shot by Tucker Bone. Do we want to be hyper? So, and Cameron Wassa got the assist. Do we want to be critical of, you know, the amount of time that he took yeah. to control the ball and to lay it off to Tucker yeah. Bone? Do we I, think I that think he definitely? I think you have to yeah. be critical of that. It's it, it's just you know I think the biggest takeaway from that goal is it's this decent strike from Tucker Bone. So that's yeah. a highlight. That was a good. It was a good shot. It was yeah. low. It was on target. It had pace. It was a good look, and he put it away relatively quickly. It was so much time Cameron took to finally make that decision to pass the ball with Tucker yeah. Bone right in front of him. Um, the reality is at, at the level that the USL is at now, you just don't get that much time nine times out of 10. And so, you know, it's awesome that we were able to score and it's a solid strike from Tucker bone, but Cameron Waza has to make the decision so much quicker because nine times out of 10, it just, that results in a turnover. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this was a, but I, and I agree. Yeah. Took too much time on the ball. Um, had you know had Las Vegas been defending this throw in as a as a corner, I think he would not have had that amount of time. Yeah, to lay the ball off to Tucker Bone. Um, but I mean, nonetheless, kudos to the Republic for organizing well. Kudos to Cam for being you know that far away from the throw in. Antis- I mean, clearly he was anticipating Jordan McCurry being able to lob it that far. Um, and then you know, kudos to Tucker Bone on a well on a and a well-hit finish. So, yep. you know, I think there's, we're being hypercritical because, you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, we're, we're being critical, but I mean, there's things to criticize. So, yeah, why not it's just about true. It? And, yeah. and it doesn't take away from a solid strike from Tucker bone and, and who, who had a brace in this game is a two, one, one against Vegas. Um, Later on in the first half, Thomas Gomez delivers an incredible, like, long yes. ball pass from the top of his box um, <laughs> to a streaking Tucker Bone. Um, and, and Tucker Bone uh, it takes it in stride, makes a great move, splits two defenders. Yeah, does um, his men. Yeah, does two men and, and yeah. makes, uh, makes a quick move into the box and fires a great shot into the bottom right corner um, to go up to nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like stellar, stellar pass from Thomas Gomez. Great dribbling to split defenders. Great shot. Huge individual efforts for this second goal. Yeah. But just like the first one, neither of them is scored in the run of play. We don't see... We haven't been able to. Sack has struggled so hard throughout this season to play through the defense, which right. is the highest percentage chances that you will have on a soccer pitch. We have always just tried to spread the ball out, take the easy option, and then cross it in, which is just is just it's just factual that it's a low percentage of conversion yeah. um, when you're doing that, and so. Awesome pass by Thomas Gomez. Awesome individual play by Tucker Bone. 
but the problem still remains. We don't score yeah. a goal in this game um, through the run of play, yeah. through the defense, and that's a that's a problem. It's and it's a problem that is going to continue to happen. We need to the def, the midfield needs to make penetrating runs, penetrating passes, and the forwards need to find those and finish. And that again yeah. doesn't happen in this game. Right. And I think, you know, the, one of the, the points we've been emphasizing on the show recently is like, look, the midfield needs, needs to contribute to the attack. Like they need to be taking the initiative to score goals themselves and, and to provide the forwards with passes into dangerous areas. Cause we can't yeah. just keep relying on, on the fullbacks to get forward and to, do their man or make or put in a nice cross because that just just is clearly not working. Um, and we didn't really see the midfield stepping up again in this game. Like you said, Tomas Gomez totally bypassed the midfield with that pass, and and um, and then it was a, the brilliance of both him and and Tucker Bone. Really, not uh, any contribution coming from the midfield. So, yeah. you know, not to say that that the midfield isn't improving, um, because they're. They still have opportunities to demonstrate that they are, um, namely against Orange County on Saturday. But uh, let's let's talk about this game a little bit further. Um, if you watch the highlights, you saw Jordan McCurry had a huge save, big time uh, save later in the in the first half, uh, which was awesome. Zach, do we want to talk about Las Vegas's goal? Um, yeah, I mean it's scored off the corner. It, it pinballs yeah. around a little bit. Happens in the seventy third minute. Um, Vegas had a lot of possession in this game because we scored early, um, because we had two first half goals. So, you know, I, yeah, I mean that, you know, you could look at the stats and say they had more possession. Um, you can look at the goal, but at the end of the day, we were able to, to come away with three points. We were able to, um, play well defensively and hold a lead. Yeah. So, and against a streaking team, Vegas is a hot team right now. They just, yeah. they are. And we were able to put five shots on target. Um, so there's good things here. There's solid improvements. Um, and Vegas is not an Oakland team. You know, Vegas yeah. is Vegas is streaking right now and has talented players from LAFC. So it's solid. It's significant. We beat Las Vegas, and that is a, that's a significant thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of give my take away from this game, and Zach, I'll, I'll ask you for yours um, in a minute. But, you know... Yes, I think this is huge uh, from like a squad morale standpoint. Yeah, a win time. goes miles in in, in, in bringing these guys' spirits up and you know giving them confidence going into the next um, you know segment of games to be played. Yes, I think Las Vegas is a good team, and that Sacramento beat a good team. I don't know if Las Vegas is better than Tacoma. Um, Tacoma has two games in hand on Las Vegas, and they're equal on points. Yeah, so good like point. good point. Yeah, I I don't know if if Las, beating Las Vegas is like, hey, we're beating playoff contending teams. Like, okay. M- maybe you're yeah, but but Las Vegas, you know, the, they're the only team you've really beaten uh convincingly all season. Right? Like the LA Galaxy 2 game, another clutch goal, game-winning goal by uh by Tucker Bone. Like that was came down to the last couple minutes <coughs> to, yep. to eke out three points. And then when you won three, one against Las Vegas, like that was just a thrashing, but they were a new team with new players. Like the, the we, we didn't even know who was going to be playing for Las Vegas 
four weeks before that. And so, um, like there wasn't a whole lot to take away from that. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd say this is great. This, this stops this downward momentum and it kind of picks everyone's heads up. I think we're still going to need to see a very convincing performance on Saturday against Orange yeah. County to say with any confidence, like, Oh, Sacramento's reaching a turning point. Um, yep. Anyway, Zach, what, what's your takeaway from this game? Are, are you more optimistic than I am on a similar kind of undecided plane? Uh, where are you right now? I, I think I have, I feel pretty similar. Um, you know, do you know what team has the most goals scored against in the entire USL Championship League? LA Galaxy 2. No, sir. Oh, the entire, the entire, the league. entire league. Most goals scored against in the entire league. LA Galaxy 2? Las Vegas I Lights. Think... Oh, you're right. Yeah, 28. I'm sorry. I was... Las Vegas Lights, baby. Yeah. They are the worst team in the league. Leaky has a faucet. What? Yeah, Leaky has a faucet. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. So, you know, we scored two goals against the worst defensive team in the league. Congratulations. Yeah. But, I mean, we still won. And and we haven't been able to do that. We still scored. And Tucker Bone played well. It was a really good individual effort. So... I I feel I think my feelings towards this game are pretty similar to yours. It's it's good. It's really good for team morale, especially at this point in the season. This is kind of a little bit of a breaking, you know, in the schedule. So yeah. players have there's been some players taking vacations. So it's good to go out on a win. Um, yeah, but it is against the worst defensive team in the league right now. Which to be fair, they've been better as of late, but they're still not great defensively. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Zach. Oh, I was going to say, that's a good point you bring up is that um, like these guys just went into it. They won this game and then they went into, I believe, a 10, ge- 10 day break yes. from playing. And like that aspect of uh, this win shouldn't be underestimated. Like you went to Las Vegas, you won the first game you've won in month, literally over a month. Yep. And then y'all had a great time in Las Vegas. We saw it on Instagram. It looked like it was fun. Uh, they weren't like, getting into trouble or anything but they were just you know going yeah, out and seeing yeah, the city fun. like like hey we're making memories outside of you know Team the football chemistry. pitch together so, yeah something that they didn't have last year um and then they all get to go home and recharge for a couple of days i think yeah. you know it's on on social media players taking vacations and um either with each other or with their loved ones and um you know that aspect of of a player's like psychology like okay I, we, we are i am a soccer player like i can win games my team can win games uh we are able to do this and then and then just have being mentally recharged mentally refreshed i think should um you know bolster this team going yeah. into this game against orange county definitely uh, a positive definitely yeah. a positive well speaking so, of orange county yeah speaking of orange county uh they are playing sacramento dang i didn't even look in it's at home uh, no it's oh. at it is at orange county on saturday Okay, never mind. It's at Orange County on Saturday, 7 p.m. Uh, tune in on, on ESPN+. Plus. Um, this is, I, we were talking, Zach, this is super boring because this is the fourth time that Sacramento has played Orange County. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to know our preview, go see another episode yeah, with Orange no, County. Was, <laughs> like, they we, have, were, we have not played well against them. No, no. 
Uh, I think we've lost all three games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. I, I'm three not. Re- yeah, we, and we've had, what, three red cards against them? Yeah. Um, and not scored a goal. One goal. No, not scored a goal. We've not, against them. We've either. scored one goal against them. The 3 1 no. loss. The touch oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's it, though. Yeah. So, you know, this they could have be. They really had our number. Sacramento could could beat some bad voodoo if if they could get a result from from this game. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be huge. Orange County. Orange County are kind of dipping. Uh, they've lost to San Diego Loyal, who are a good team, and they lost to RG- RGV, who are also a good team. Yeah, definitely. And guess who scored against them, Zach? Oh, none other than Roro. Rodrigo Lopez scored a penalty late in the game to uh to see out. I think I believe two nil win. Yeah, it was two. Um, yeah, so you know, I didn't watch the game. Um, I'm assuming. You know, good teams are still going to lose. Um, yeah, they've been they've been without Ronaldo Damas, their top goal scorer. Yeah, I I think that that's not a coincidence. They don't start losing games when he leaves for international duty. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, there there's some causation going on there. Definitely. Um, so he's a great player, really tricky winger, and they'll be without him. Uh, they have. <laughs> You know, we we saw them. You know, in the game at home with the two red cards, like they still have good players. They still have Eero Markinen and yep. the, who's their number ten that was really impressive that night. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Oh, what are you looking uh, for? Like his the number ten for Orange County. Yeah, their number ten is Eero Mark. Oh, their number. No, 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 no. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Olaski. Yeah. Um, Brian Olaski, really good attacking midfielder. Um, you know, he was arguably their most dangerous player when they when they saw Sacramento off. Um, yeah, and so he'll he'll be back. Um, yeah, so it's, that's gonna be a tough game. That's gonna be a fight. But yep, always is against them. Yeah, hopefully these players are up for it. Hopefully um, we don't just get. Hopefully we're just able to get through it without getting a red card. Yeah, seriously. Do you think so? We saw. Let, let's get into a little bit of tactics. I mean, not really tactics, just formation-wise. Yeah. Do you think Mark Briggs will play three center backs against Orange County? I don't um, know. That's a great question. I'm I don't know either. not sure. <laughs> like, a lot's been up in the air with in terms of, like, okay, who's available? Do we have three center backs to put on the field? Like, yeah. against Orange County, they should. Like, everyone will be back from suspension, um, you know, and everyone's yeah. looking relatively good. But I, after winning a game with two center backs – in an extra midfielder, like I think, I I don't see Mark Briggs going back to his like three five two three four three formation yeah. he's playing. Um, I I think these players have played in a four three three four three two one formation for so long that they just haven't picked up this new system, and there's no uh-huh. point in going back to it at this point if you're getting results with with the four three three. So yeah, I, I would thought. not be surprised if we kept the four three three. I would not yeah. be surprised at all. Zach, let me ask you this question. This this will kind of be um, the way we we round out the show. Jerome Kiesewetter. Yes. Kind of. We've been calling for a signing since this this run of poor form started. Uh-huh. Sacramento has made one. He'll most likely be available for the game against Orange County. Do you think that he will be able to significantly turn around the for the the goal scoring? you know, drought that Sacramento has been in. Do you think that he will contribute to the attack? 
Well, you know, it's hard. It's honestly, it's it's hard to say one way or another. Jerome Kiesewetter is somebody who's early in his career. He's 28 years old. Earlier on in his career, jumped around a couple different Germany clubs, Hertha Berlin, Stuttgart, Fortuna Dusseldorf, kind of jumped around their academies for about five years or so um, and just was never able to break in anywhere. Um, and so he came back to to America and in 2019 had his best season professionally, played for El Paso, um, and had 12 goals for them. And after that 2019, he, he kind of tried his hand at MLS, and it did not work out. He tried, he signed with Miami and, and just played a few games with their Fort Lauderdale team, their League One team, and played a few games up in Miami, but just it didn't work out. Um, and this season he has signed with FC Tulsa. And at FC Tulsa, he's had nine games. He's had two starts in those nine games. He's got no goals. Um, he's somebody that has talent, has had success, um, but is not in good form right now. And, you know, honestly, Nolan, as I was kind of looking at his stats and the narrative of his career it, it reminded me a lot of a familiar face in Sacramento um it reminded me of Cameron Awasa Cameron Awasa is um somebody who had a decent season at SAC and then tried his hand as well at the MLS level and just like Jerome didn't work out Cameron's best season was in 2019 uh where he had 16 goals and six assists for SAC and hasn't been the same since. And the same thing is for Jerome. 2019 had 12 goals. Hasn't been the same since. There's similarities between those guys. And I honestly think that, you know, the league has evolved a lot in the last couple of years, especially. And, you know, I think realistically looking at it, you know, best case scenarios, hey, Jerome Kiesewetter is able to return to some form and put some goals in for us. But I do worry that, quite honestly, this league has passed Jerome Kiesewetter by, just as it has passed Cameron Owasa by, and just as it has passed the front office at Sacramento by um, with this signing. This is a type of signing that, you know, it should have happened a couple years ago. If you make this signing a couple years ago, it's, Really solid signing, but the league has evolved um, in the last couple of years. And I I think, in all honesty, he's, he's definitely not the answer to our problems. We don't get Jerome Kiesewetter and all of a sudden we're beating teams like Phoenix and we're making a playoff run. Um, he's definitely not the answer there. And honestly, I, I struggle to think he even makes a significant, even half-hearted solution to, to our are attacking woes as of late. Um, I'm kind of cynical on this one, Nolan. I'm kind of cynical on, on this signing. What are your thoughts? Do you have any any other kind of opposing thoughts to to uh, to mine as far as yeah. your own piece of better? Yeah. So I understand your cynicism. I understand your your kind of skepticism too. Of okay, like can one player really make a difference in this team? I think he can. Uh, I think there's there's two key aspects of Jerome Kiesewetter's playing style and Jerome Kiesewetter's career that makes him different than Cameron Awasa and makes me think that he's 
just waiting to kind of go off again. Um, first, if you look at Jerome Kiesewetter's development path, like he was developed in some of Germany's, you know, best development academies. Uh, you know, he was with Hertha Berlin, uh, Stuttgart. Uh, he was also with uh, <laughs> Dusseldorf. Was he also with? Dusseldorf. Yeah, yeah. So like this guy was developed in some of the best German academies. Yeah, for sure. Um, in, in Europe. And so his technical ability is better than Cameron Awasa's. Like we've talked about how, how Cameron Awasa really as a goal scorer just got, he knew how to put himself in dangerous positions. He was just generally an athletic person. He played baseball in high school, you know, all four years and he, on at Jesuit, which is a very competitive um, all boys high school in, in Sacramento. Like the dude's just, just uh, a general athlete. And so, yeah, of course he was going to be scoring goals in a, kind of you know not very good at the time uh division three league in the u.s uh-huh. right because when he made his move to to swope park well um sporting kc but he yeah. ended up playing for park like you the usl was at the third tier of u.s soccer yep jerome keys came to the usl in 2019 this was like three years after cameron wasa blew up and he he tore it up at el paso like he was a key part of an El Paso team that knocked Sacramento out of the playoffs. And I think went to the Western conference finals. Yeah. Um, like he was a good player in 2019. If you look at what he did in 2020, he moved to an MLS side into Miami and then played log minutes, mostly with the league one team. But that was 2020. Like that was such a crazy year. And if anyone kind of deserves a break for moving to an MLS team and not playing many, many minutes there, during a COVID year, I think Jerome Kiesewetter kind of deserves the benefit of the doubt on that front. So yeah, that's fair. I think that really there's only one year separating a Jerome Kiesewetter who was on fire for El Paso in 2019 and Jerome Kiesewetter today. Like, yeah, he's not played well for FC Tulsa, but really what have FC Tulsa done this season? Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine he's getting very good. Um, you know, uh, he's not being provided for there by the midfielders, by the fullback. Like, they're just not a good team. He's just not getting minutes straight up. Yeah, and he's just not getting played. So I I don't know what's going on there. And I also think that him and Cameron Awasa being on the training pitch together and pushing each other, I think there's, you know, an element where that could motivate both of them to become better versions of themselves. That sounds super cheesy and (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like you see that you see that when when I I'm trying to think of a of an example. I, I feel like I I've heard I've had one but no oh so uh luke shaw sorry for those who don't know manchester united but luke shaw was like they manchester united brought in i think his name is alex tevez from a portuguese side for like 40 million euros to replace basically luke shaw the minute that guy showed up luke shaw started playing out of his mind and was arguably one of the best you know he was like the player of the tournament at the 2020 euros this year Mm -hmm. Um, and so that just kind of is an example of, of what having competition in your position can do to a player. Yeah. And and I think something similar could happen here too. So yeah, I think this could backfire and blow up and not really amount to anything for Sacramento, but I also think drum keys better has a a higher ceiling than Cameron Wasser and he could, he could help turn things around. I, I, yeah, I hear that. I I think that's important to state. And and I think it's, I think it's clear that drum keys is a better player than cam. When you go look at highlights. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I it's hard for me not to be cynical, but 
I do see the positives and the hopeful side and the the promising side of this. And I and I do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Jerome Kiesewetter is somebody that can really like turn things around and can make players around him better. Um, yeah. And we can really right this ship. No one. Absolutely. We're at the forty minute mark. Uh, we are indeed. I think this has been a solid a solid episode. You know, I'd say I'd say the same thing, Zach. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. I wish I could see your beautiful face, but <laughs> we will. Voice, we will we'll be do back together next Monday to yeah. hopefully record an episode after a win against OC yeah. Yeah. And, a, and a brace from Jerome Kiesewetter. <laughs> <laughs> that would be exciting. All right, Zach. Well, with that, I, I don't. I don't think we can do the Glory Glory Sacramento without Scott. So no, we need him for. I it. think we should. We should do that kind of.